I am Madison Timmons. I'm Chris Susan. And we're paranormal specialists who live in the most haunted city on earth, Savannah, Georgia. Every day is Halloween in our line of work, so join us as we spin true tales of haunts, murders, and disturbing Savannah history. I'm Madison. I'm Chris. And, and welcome, welcome to, to the most haunted city on earth. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the most haunted city on earth. My name is Madison Timmons. I'm Chris Susie, and I'm JT Timmons. Yes, JT gets his own introduction because some who was it that was like JT never gets to introduce himself. I think He's, the, uh, uh, Corrine. Corrine Denny. Yes, yes, one of our para junkies, um, and she was like, "Why does JT never introduce himself? He's like the unofficial third host." And we're yeah. like, "Well, we can officially make him the third host. Yes, it doesn't have to be unofficial." Yeah. Exactly. It's easier with the two. I'll just be you're the You're going to have to add a ghost to the logo. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It, it'll be my little floating ghost next uh, to me. That's uh, funny. He's like, he's sometimes there, but yeah. sometimes just not. Just like in the back. Yes. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> cool, cool. Well, before we get started, I just want to thank uh, a few of our newer patrons this week. Uh, Ashley Werner, Angela Lineman, uh, Emily Barasa, Emily V, uh, Natalie, Nicole, thank you all so much for your support. We really, really appreciate you, and welcome to the Parajunkie family. Yes. For sure, for sure. Um, just a real quick thing, uh, something new for Parajunkies. Um, the exclusive voting uh, for the HAG uh, tier and up on Patreon, um, for, for those people they get to control the designs in the para junkie um secret store so if you are a hag tier a gribble house tier or a saint julian uh tier you can send me any ideas uh that you have and i will create them and you can literally get a a shirt made we just did uh the oogity boogity shirt um and which is a pair junkie exclusive uh again kareen denny um uh, recommended that one and i put it up there yep yep put it up there this morning um so very very cool and if you're not a pair junkie definitely consider uh being one because we have a lot of fun yes Absolutely. Um, yeah, we're, we're always putting up new, interesting little bits and bobs over on the para-junkie side of things. Uh, Chris and JT just did like a whole little Discord on horror movies and ghostly horror movies. So mm-hmm. that's just uh, one of the surface level things that we talk about. We talk about uh, random questions that people have, uh, different theories and things like that. So if you're looking for more of that type of style of content, definitely consider becoming a para-junkie. Yes. All right. Let's go ahead and get started with the Q&A. Here we go. How would someone who closed themselves off to any sensitivity or abilities because of religious teachings that it's from the devil and a sin begin to embrace and open themselves back up? Lately, I have been feeling pulled towards my Irish ancestors, pagan beliefs, even though I am Christian and I can feel my childhood sensitivity returning. 
Yes, uh, that's tricky. I, I get that in a lot of ways. I was raised uh, Christian as well. And uh, there are a lot of people who grow up in the church and they are told that even though, in my opinion, spirituality is totally different than being religious, you know, and I think that's the important thing to separate hmm. um, because you are still a spiritual being and if, you know, like in my personal belief system that we are connected to all the things that surround us, all those different energies, all those different spirits, if you have that sensitivity, it doesn't make you any less of a Christian. It just means that you have that type of sensibility or uh, sensitivity. So I feel like reminding yourself and allowing you, yourself that space, if you want to be open to it and allow yourself to engage in that ability, um, you know, don't feel bad about, you know, your religion just because you're able to see spirits or hear spirits or whatever it be. Um, but on the side note of, you know, feeling connected to your roots, that's really common. And I think it's especially becoming more common nowadays through social media of people wanting to feel connected to where they came from. And it's not abnormal to want to know the practices of your ancestors and, wanting to know how you can incorporate that into your spirituality. So there are plenty of people who consider themselves Christian witches in the witchcraft community, and they practice elements of paganism through, you know, uh, celebrating Yule or celebrating the different Sabbaths or things like that, but it doesn't change what you believe in in your higher power. So yeah, God makes God made nature, and nature, uh, you know, connects people. Absolutely. To, to, you can find religion in nature. Absolutely. Well, you know, and I feel like, you know, a lot of people who do have that religious trauma, uh, I being one of them, I've had to work through that a lot mm-hmm. um, growing up, but it, it's hard to allow yourself that space and just enjoy what you want to enjoy and research what you find interesting that I don't feel like there's anything up there in whatever you believe in that's going to smite you (laughs) for being interested in something you know yeah Christopher it's very important to remember that organized religion is interpretation Uh, that is why there are so many different factions in Christianity that's why you know from church to church from congregation to congregation you know, uh, that's why there are so many different type, types of, you know, Baptists and Methodists and everything. It is all about this interpretation of things that they have borne witness to or that they have been taught. Uh, so knowledge becomes a part of your journey in life. And so if you want to explore and know more about your ancestors, your roots, where you come from, it will open your eyes to interpretations that other people had of events, of, of things that happened in nature and how they honored them and how they went about you know, their worship. Because worship is a concentrated effort to uh, ally yourself with the observational spirituality around you. And that's why every region of the world has different styles and approaches of worship is because they were having different types of phenomenon that they would observe and they would witness and they would want to honor and make sure that, you know, the harvest came back and make sure that these things would happen. So religion is a, uh, an interpretation of all of this spiritual information and it's not really up to us to 
determine which one is right and which one, you know, uh, it, it serves the purpose of enriching your soul and your mm-hmm. spirit. So if it speaks to you, then it's probably doing its job. But if there's something that you want to explore, then you absolutely should explore it. And I honestly believe personally that knowledge is king. Knowing everything, no more, you know, uh, as a uh, as a practicing, you know, Christian or uh, uh, Muslim or anything, you should know about the other religions. You should know about the other gods. You should know about the gods that faded. You should know about the gods that are no longer, you know, worshipped with any mm-hmm. fervor. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we called it mythology, but it was religion back in the day. Yeah. So, so recognize the fact that these truths that people accepted and uh there is a a boat yeah i don't know right at us <laughs> I, I, I don't know if you can hear this yeah. but i don't there know is, I, I have compression on on these microphones oh yeah, but I, it's but a the, weird noise there is there is yeah. there is it, it very... sounds like a boat is about to hit this building <laughs> and it's telling us to get out of the way yeah, it's a very, uh, during a very serious conversation yeah. there's just boat noises <laughs> boat noises but but in any case, but yeah. uh, back to the point, uh, I do believe that arming ourselves with knowledge of how other people interpreted the phenomena of their life uh, gives us the opportunity to choose what speaks and resonates most with our ideology and, and expands our ideology, expands our knowledge base, allows us to be far more forgiving and far more accepting um, I find that uh, the walls of a church can become this fortress against new ideas and new uh, and different cultures. So I'm always a, a big fan of going out and, yeah. and exploring. And as far as the, the how, how to do it, that's the answer is, is, is research, read, uh, talk to people who, who are connected, learn from them. Uh, and you may see that it doesn't suit you, or you may see that it far better suits you than than you had ever imagined. Sure. So, yeah. Cool. Absolutely. All right. Here we go. Um, Ashley Werner asks, do you know any spooky stories from the Girl Scouts area? <laughs> and I know that, I know that Madison, you have a, you have a, a good one um, that you mentioned to me. So... It's not technically, like, it's related to Julia Gordon-Lowe. Um, it was her mother. It's the story that I personally like the best. Uh, because Nellie Gordon, she was just a fire uh, fireball oh God, of, yes, of a woman. And I love her for that because she's so interesting to uh, learn about. But there's a story that comes from Julia Gordon-Lowe's uh, birthplace, which now serves as a Girl Scouts headquarter. Um but basically, when Nellie uh, was passing away, uh, her husband had died a few years prior to that, and they were just like thick as thieves kind of a couple. They just, they loved each other so deeply, and uh, when he died, she was very deeply affected by this, and so she actually fell ill pretty quickly after he would pass away. But uh, when she was basically on her deathbed, 
she would have all the family there. Everybody was in the living room, and I believe it was the girlfriend of one of her sons. Sister-in-law. Or yeah. sister-in-law, uh, I yeah. I mean, uh, Julia Gordlow's sister-in-law. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was the sister-in-law who was, um, she was like, I need to get some fresh air. So she goes outside to the front steps. Mm-hmm. And one of their um, servants, they he was walking up the steps, and he was like, I just saw Mr. Mr. Gordon. I just saw him with my own eyes. He, and he came up to me, he shook my hand. And what she reported is that he walked up the stairs and he said, I'm here to get Nellie. Oh, wow. And yeah. Yeah. Willie. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Willie and Nellie. <laughs> yes, which is so cute. And um, he's like, I'm here to get Nellie. And right when he said, was said to like enter the room, that was when she passed away. And so there's some people oh, wow. who like to continue the story that he they watched him and or the couple walk down the steps and get into a ghost carriage of sorts, very oh, that's so haunted sweet. mansion style. But you know, cool, cool. it's very romantic. It's the it most is. romantic people, ghost people story for those of, uh, for those of you that don't know. Savannah is the Girl Scouts headquarters. Yes, yes, it's yeah. the birthplace. And so that's of, why Ashley of, was asking about it. Um, yep. Yeah, she said she was a former uh, Girl Scout and wanted to know mm-hmm. anything else. So one of the interesting things about Julia Gordon Lowe that many people don't know is is a she loved ghost stories. She was a huge yes. fan because she was born on Halloween. Her birthday is October thirty first, and uh, my favorite <laughs> Julia Gordon Lowe story. It's not a ghost story, but it's my favorite. Uh, is that. Um, Nellie mm-hmm. was from an affluent family in Chicago, and they were well known and 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 they were a a a, a influential family. Um, General Sherman came to their house. So General Sherman, uh, who in 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 Georgia history was the devil, you <laughs> yes. know, he was he, he burned this this state to the ground. Um, and uh, as a matter of fact, they called him Old Devil Sherman. And Old Devil Sherman shows up at their house, and I'm going to say that um, uh, Julia Corn Lowe is like five years old at this time, mm-hmm. and you know he he's sitting at, in the house, and she climbs up on Sherman's lap, just like out of the blue, very precocious child, and starts rubbing his head furiously, <laughs> and so Nellie's like pulling this girl off of this general's body <laughs> and uh and she's like what are you doing and she was looking for horns <laughs> she was looking for horns on old devil sherman and i was like that's such a good story that I, is I just so good she story. is her her mother's daughter for yes, sure yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um honestly we could do like a whole episode on nelly gordon i just love her as like a historical figure oh yeah absolutely but, was um, it nelly gordon's mother who was taken by uh, uh, indigenous peoples and lived with them for a, yes. a period of time. Uh, Windful of Sales was her, was her native name, her, her indigenous name. Mm-hmm. And, oh, and they released her back. Yep. Yeah, and she came back. She, she had lived with the, the indigenous people for a while and came back. And I was like, this, that's, that family is amazing. That story is incredible. It is. That is. But yeah, um, the Andrew Lowe house is, uh, if you go into the courtyard, that's where the first Girl Scout meeting was held. Uh, it's Andrew Lowe house is where Julia Gordon Lowe would pass away. Um, she passed away in the, if you go to the upstairs, it's the second bedroom on the right hand side. And she was sitting next to the window in a chair. And I was like, huh. that's very uh, cinematic, you know, when she, that when well, the way she passed yeah, away. Yeah, if you go, because the, uh, the, 
carriage house like situation was where the Girl Scouts mm -hmm. like started and famously Julia Gordon-Lowe like made a phone call and was like I have an idea that's going <laughs> to help the, the, the girls of Savannah and the world and it's like and she was absolutely right she was I was a Girl Scout up into cadets which I believe is like early teenage years so I loved Julia Gordon-Lowe <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Um, it, just an interesting family for sure um and their haunted story is, of course, the most romantic it story so in romantic. Savannah's history. Cool, cool. All right. Uh, Nat Nelson. Hey, we just got a new Patreon. Thanks, Megan Baker. Uh, a new Parajunkie. I just saw Patreon. A new Parajunkie. Thanks, Megan Baker. We appreciate you. Welcome to the Parajunk, Parajunkie family. Woohoo. All right. Nat Nelson asks... Are there types of places where you rarely or never see any ghosts? Just wondering what their kryptonite is. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, just for personal um, use, I just yeah. want to know. <laughs> but uh, So that's intriguing because what, what you'll oftentimes find is um, most people will say that churches are generally not no. that haunted. Uh, you know, Asheville would say otherwise. Well, <laughs> on a whole, yeah. th there's going to be haunted churches, absolutely. Oh, yeah. And generally those churches have some dark history to them is, is how they got that way. Or there was something so specific to cause that haunting. But as a general rule of thumb, you find that churches don't necessarily have ghosts, mostly because of perception, because oh. we're raised to think that that is a holy place and a place where ghosts don't belong. Um, and that's generally the field. There's no place that is impervious to ghosts, but I found that uh, places where people feel most spiritually secure and most safe are oftentimes barred from ghosts, not because they have special kryptonite, but because it's a, just an accepted rule. And a lot of ghosts follow the rules. You know, that's kind of a part of it is they kind of because they lived knowing the rules. If if you tell people don't, you know, don't misbehave here. Yeah. That rule sticks when you die and, and, and come back as a ghost. So you generally don't have that kind of interaction going on often. Um, I mean, I can think of a lot of ghost stories that happen in churches, but they're generally not. Uh, a hyper haunted location. Sure. Mm -hmm. uh, another one that people love to say is cemeteries. Yeah. Um, people love saying they're like cemeteries aren't haunted, and I'm like, eh, come to Savannah. But like, you know, <laughs> it's a but. And it's, it's a different kind of thing. It, exactly. Because the hauntings of a cemetery are about where spirits are laid to rest. So, to say they're not haunted is a misnomer. Mm -hmm. To say they're not active is probably a better way to say it, because the spirits are there. Mm -hmm. they're just you know they're, they accept again the rule the rule exactly. was in life we were told uh and we talk about this with children ghosts a lot because children don't get the rules <laughs> they don't yeah. live a life of ritual or going to funerals or going to these things after death go, uh, the the rules that we learn in life and we take into death oftentimes result in us behaving in a certain pattern like ha uh, a haunted cemetery oftentimes um I always think of that movie, uh, Frighteners, mm. where all the ghosts are just standing around. 
in the cemetery <laughs> because they know that's where they belong. That's, yeah. where, that's yeah. where they were told, you know, oh, well, my name's on this stone, so I'll just stand by the stone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. Um, it, but there are like some church cemeteries specifically that will specifically lay out saying this is not haunted. Mm-hmm. And like <laughs> it, it does, you know, set out an intention of saying like, okay, well, I'm obviously not welcome here. Like the cemetery in Polly's Island that we went yep, to. Yep, yep, yep. They have the sign that I was just appalled by uh, because basically um, we went there because they have one of the most famous ghosts in South Carolina history. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Um, and her grave is there. Her name's Alice, and she died uh, be- from basically a broken heart uh, because she was torn away from her lover and things like that. But her grave is there, and um, they have a sign on the uh, cemetery entrance that says, the only ghost welcome here is the Holy Ghost. And I was like, they do. that is so they do. I saw intense. it. I was like, whoa. But I, you can find it on Google, too. You can. you can literally Google it. Yeah. And I'm like, well, isn't that just comical? Because they, of course, this is the cemetery that would have right. one of the more active ghosts uh, sure. because she steals rings from women mm-hmm. because she's looking for her ring that her mother took away from her and things like oh, yeah. that. You know, and, and there's a lot of cemeteries that have like weird occurrences around them. I want to say there's a, a cemetery in North Georgia that they call Hell's Gate. You know that mm-hmm. that, that that they believe they there's do. a there's yeah. a there's a portal to hell in the cemetery. Uh, actually, now that I think about it, some of my my scariest encounters happen in cemeteries. There's mm. a place in Fort Riley, Kansas, called the Off Post Chapel, which has a cemetery behind it that was devastatingly frightening. And there is. Uh, um, <clears throat> There was a cemetery in Lawrence, Kansas. If, if anybody's out there in Lawrence, Kansas, uh, there was uh, a Stairway to Hell story in Lawrence, Kansas. Uh, at least this was in the early 90s. Is it Lawrenceville, Kansas? No, it's Lawrence. It's Lawrence. Lawrence. Okay. Maybe, oh, I'm thinking Lawrenceville, Georgia. That's yeah, what I'm yeah. they're very well. Could right, be yeah, Lawrenceville yeah, yeah. in Kansas as well. Yeah, no, I don't know. Um, well, I, I, kind of, I kind of think planes probably are safe. No, no, because because <laughs> yeah. like when I think of when I, I don't know so, high speed travel n- doesn't scream ghost to me. But here's the thing: is that like spirits do not operate on our same level of existence. Like going up to 500 miles per hour isn't going to do anything to a ghost that's attached to a person or a right, spirit that's, that's attached to the plane itself. Because plane crashes do happen, and people die on planes, and people are. Ca- Carded in planes, like okay. bodies are carted. So in planes. sorry, there there is no there is no yeah there's no safe spot no unless, unless you don't believe, like you just reject them. Well, yeah, I mean they're not going to waste their energy. That'd be your best, they're not going to waste their energy. Chance. Absolutely, and and there are you know, yeah because there are as many unhaunted places, if not more than haunted. You know, yeah. uh, it's such a that's a that's a confusing question because it's 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 about activity. Uh, are, are things high in activity or low in activity? And, and on the lower scale, you have places that are not welcoming. Sure. You know, that are like, keep your, keep your ghost to yourself. You know? Yeah. Yeah. 
Awesome. All righty. Trent1903 asks, can using the ghost tube app have the same negative results as a Ouija board? I mean, I have gotten some interesting things. I feel like it's a tool. Uh, and obviously you should follow it up with further research and There's follow nothing. It. I've tried. Well, because it's you, Jay. You are like the worst person to, to hold the ghost hunting equipment. The <laughs> construct of using a tool in any case is about opening your observation. So if you're shutting it down anyway, you're not going to find anything. That is not how it works. That's not how any tool works. Use a tool to enhance your ability, not to prove something, to get something. That is not the purpose of any investigative tool. It's not to capture something. It is to give you footholds that you can then reliably move forward on. Um, and, that, and that's a problem with any, anything that you use. And the difference between like the GhostTube app versus like the Ouija board, the Ouija board is asking you for personal energy. It's asking you to directly interact. Whereas the ghost tube app or any of the spirit boxes, any of these mechanical tools are environmentally uh, uh, affected. So they, they, they go through a process. And yeah, the ghost tube app, uh, you can easily chalk it to, well, it's, it's, it's just designed to rattle off words. It's like, that's fair, but we did use it and pulled it close to a microphone, so we know that it's using a, a magnetic spectrogram. It is yeah. definitely sensing magnetic fields. It is doing these things, and conceptually, if it is reacting and interpreting and then spilling out words, because we also know that it has a, a library of words, it's, yeah. not, mm -hmm. it's, not manu it's not making words, unless you're using the one that's, a, a, that's just a spirit box, because mm -hmm. uh, there is a version that, that, that is sweeping through radio channels and, and spitting up things, and that's where we got... Atwell. Atwell, yeah. and that's where we got names that seem to lead to places. So, um, first off, the further removed you are from physically interacting with the tool, the safer you are from that, the kind of thing that people talk about with Ouija boards. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A Ouija board is direct communication. It is relying on you physically moving. By the way, you are physically moving the placard. Don't, don't get into that mindset that the ghost is moving the placard. Mm -hmm. It's you. You have to make the figure eight. You have to do it. And then you're allowing your sensations and your personal influence to move the placard to the letters and to the words. Um, the closer you are to the action of communication, the closer you are to a spirit. And, of course, the Ouija board itself is so innocuous that it can be a dark spirit. It can be a dangerous spirit uh, versus a spirit box or anything like that, which is basically just reading the environment and spitting out things that then, as the investigator, you have to start to interpret. You have to start to, 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 to put it together like a puzzle. So, um, yeah, I would say any tool that you're using, you should think of it as getting a puzzle piece and then trying to figure out what the picture is from the puzzle piece. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I've had these weird dreams happening where I end up in attics and I experience a spirit there. Or I, the most recent one, I was tortured in an attic and then I was taken out to the backyard and like left there to just sit essentially. And the house was like empty at that point. So it was our backyard? Yes, our backyard. And then the day after I had that dream, we found what we think might be a bone in our backyard. JT dig, dug it up himself. He was there. 
I was putting a patio in. Yes. And we found, I kid you not, and like we can insert a photo because I would honestly, if any of you are doctors or nurses or morticians, whatever, um, you know, people who work with dead bodies, I would love to see what people think of it because it's just an odd coincidence with the series of things that I've been getting. Yeah. You know, and where we live, it also, you know, Chris and I have on side tangents, like off camera talked about, it wasn't uncommon for people to get buried in their backyards. Certainly not on Jones Street. Yeah. Really hope I didn't dig somebody up. Well, I really hope I didn't. Well, and it, that it's was small like a, bone. A very it is piece. a small bone. It, it, yeah. looked, yeah, it's a piece. it looked broken. So, like, if you look at the bone the way it is, is it looks like um, a joint bone because it's smooth on the top. Uh, but it looks, towards the bottom of it, it looks like it was snapped or something. Yeah. Um, because it's got these sharp ridges yeah. at the bottom. And so it looks like it's a piece of a bigger bone of sorts. But... Very interesting, nonetheless, and very much a weird, uh, yeah, exactly. It's a very weird coincidence after having all these dreams about being killed inside of our house. (laughs) So, yeah, no, no, I mean, I, and I plan to go research this further. I believe everything you you said other than the ghost tube stuff. Absolutely. (laughs) I'm just saying, I find things like, like, okay, we were out on the kayak and what did it say? This was like, it was like hell. No, it didn't say what that. What did it say? It said, like, um, uh, something. Hold on. I can tell you. If you grab my phone over there, Jay, I will tell you exactly what it said. <laughs> um, but basically, I pull it out every once in a while just to see. Because uh, we were out on Ebenezer Creek where uh, oh, thousands yes. of people were Literally massacred. Don't, don't tell too much of it because uh, we're actually, I actually have a Pair Junkie exclusive plan just to talk about <laughs> Ebenezer Creek. There is, there is, there is, because it's, it's very, it's very sad. And there's a house not story. far from there that I've been asked about yeah. on, on, on several occasions uh, where I believe the mother is in prison for killing the, the child and they think it's a ghost that killed the child. Wow. Ooh. So, okay. So we're, we're going to talk more about that in the, in the pair junkie exclusive, because there's a lot there. It's a super, 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 super important story that actually not a ton of people know. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, it's super disturbing and very sad. So we're actually, we're going to, that's planned for Sunday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, let's see. Anne-Marie Morales, hello again, uh, asks, will a ghost hunt slash tour make you more susceptible to a spirit following you home or will they attach to you anywhere and everywhere? Um, I would agree on the latter half of that question with the, they kind of are just, if they're going to attach to you, they're going to attach to you regardless of whether or not you're on a tour or things like that. Um, Typically, when you do like a ghost hunt or you do a ghost tour, you're actively putting the intention in. They are trying to interact, which I wouldn't say makes you more susceptible, but you're at least, you know, putting yourself in a concentrated place. Uh, But in the terms of like things attaching to you, it's not as common as you would think. Like, you know, people have to give off something that that spirit wants. 
or, you know, give off something that attracts that spirit in general. So if you give that off and you're just walking down the street and that spirit notices it, you don't need to be doing a ghost hunt for it to be like, (laughs) hello, I'm here, you know, things like that. But Mm -hmm. I think it's really why you hear people like have it more visceral experiences is because of the intention of wanting to interact less so than, you know, that just putting on a beacon of light and saying, attach to me, you know? Yeah. Well, and it's interesting because I think that the act of, of, of listening to ghost stories and of being in an environment where you're basically becoming more and more open to the concept and open to the idea. And that's kind of the practice of telling ghost stories is um, broadening your internal horizon, the, the concept, which would make you a little more attractive to a ghost is, you know, because if you're closed off, uh, the spirit may not want to have anything to do with you. But if you're actively pursuing ghost stories, if you're actively in the, in the, in the, uh, uh, in a place where you're being affected by ghost stories, that means that your mind is opening to the prospect of ghosts, which could be something that attracts a ghost to you. Um, so whenever you go ghost hunting, whenever you go looking for ghosts, you are, are, you are actively participating in trying to experience it, which gives the ghost a little assurance that if they attempt to contact you or con- connect with you, that you'd be open to that connection uh, because they don't want to waste their energy on, mm-hmm. on, on somebody that's closed. And, and I've been on playing ghost hunts where the skeptic of the group is so very closed that access seems impossible. You know, that it would seem very strange. Um, I've even been on a ghost hunt with a, uh, with a man who is very, very skeptical and, and very, very, and, and he got scratched on the arm, like a deep scratch on his arm. And his response was, hmm, I got scratched. And it was just like, okay, let me see it. And, you know, it's the, the classic three scratch mark. And I was like, oh, that's not good. And he's like, meh. You know, and, and it's like, well, what do you think could have scratched you? And the long conversation was just kind of like he was not having any of it. He was like, you know, it happens. You get scratched. I'm like, uh, okay. He was like, I could have been scratched at home. And I'm like, really? You didn't notice this deep <laughs> scratch on your arm? And he's like, meh. And it's like, well, that, that ghost probably went home disappointed. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> like, oh, I got that guy. <laughs> no, no. No. Gosh, that's... <laughs> People like that, I find it so funny because it's very rare, actually, for a skeptic of that nature when they have an experience. Usually they're like, uh, uh, they're, their whole like perspective right. gets shifted because I've had that happen on tours where the staunch skeptic gets this crazy photo and they're like, oh, no, you must have done something to my phone. And I'm like, eh, no, I am not technologically savvy, <laughs> nor do I get paid enough to actually right. do that. <laughs> so what kind of equipment do you think we have? <laughs> exactly. Um, so I always think it's interesting to hear, you know, a, a skeptic just be like, meh, whatever. <laughs> like, I, oh, I, I, I absolutely love uh, a skeptic who is, who is unaffected because it's not that they're staunch skeptics, so they're, they're like you know, their point is being skeptic. It's just, it doesn't matter to them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, don't you want to see something special? He's like, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, if, if something shows up, you know, if something's going to show up, I'll, I'll look at it. And it's like, oh, okay, okay. okay. You know, I, I mean, that's a different type of conviction. Right. So I can't, I can't <laughs> argue with it. 
All right, let's go ahead and move on. So Emery Morales actually sent a two-parter in. Uh, part one, do you believe there are places where energy will constantly churn up activity that no amount of cleansing can fully uh, will fully rid of? Uh, in part two, saw it on TV that it had something to do with tectonic plates or magnetic pull in that spot. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of people will argue that about Savannah, that there's a low-lying magnetic field mm -hmm. around Savannah that is very responsible for the kinds of hauntings and the kinds of, of persistent hauntings that happen here. Uh, yes, to disregard the idea of natural laying magnetic lines uh, or unnatural ones where power lines converge, um, where you know faults are, um, I would have to say that there's going to be places where the energy is so easily digestible by spirits, you know, that you're never going to find a way to counter the types of, of hauntings. Um, but in those instances, oftentimes you can single out spirits and help the specific spirit find its release or its path. But the, the actual ongoing nature of the space will always draw more spirits. There will always be spirits coming. Uh, I know that I've heard of uh, places where heavy uh, quartz yep. under the ground, uh, limestone you had mm -hmm. mentioned before, you know, where there are large mineral deposits under the ground that can cause electromagnetic sorts of patterns. Yeah, I think spirits will be, the supernatural will be drawn to it. Absolutely. And here's our Bloody Mackenzie moment of the episode. Um, you know, in the sense of just like power and electricity and things like that. One of the reasons why people believe that he is such a charged kind of spirit and why he's so powerful is because right behind his mausoleum is this massive power surger. Oh, yeah, sure. And so it, they're like, uh, well, oh, yeah, duh. I remember that. Yeah, well, because it's like, of course, that's going to be something to already. He's already a very powerful spirit, very powerful poltergeist. But when you have an endless supply yeah, a, a of energy <laughs> right behind his, uh, his mausoleum, it makes sense that he would be like the supercharged Poltergeist. Um, yeah, I had I had uh, a ghost hunting friend who was who was big on you know look for the uh, transformer boxes. Mm -hmm. You know how close are we? You know what 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 is the what is the electric situation? Because electricity is a very easily adaptable spiritual <laughs> energy. You know, and and you hear it all the time. Batteries being drained. Um, I, I've often said that theaters are oftentimes haunted because of the sheer volume of electric lights mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. they have all strung up. So there's all of this wiring and all of this very powerful, potent lighting. Uh, so yeah, I, I definitely think that that environment is is a key to a lot of, especially nondescript haunting. And it, one last part of that is that doesn't negate the a level of uh, trauma or experiences that occur. Um, in a place, so like a place like Savannah that's just been battered down for its entire existence by history, uh, just through like all the horrible things that have happened here with diseases and uh, murders to, you know, suicides and all these different things that happen. It's a very condensed area as well. So it's, you know, that's not to say that that doesn't have a hand in it or places like... Um, the asylum up in West Virginia, Translig mm -hmm. Transilligony. Um, uh, that one, 
that there's a lot of activity there too. And I think it's just because in the same goes of most mental asylums, that was a lot of torture that was going on to those patients that would output a lot of energy. So I feel like that also goes hand in hand with the electricity thing. And I just wanted to clarify that as well, that it's not just one or the other. Right. Gotcha. All right. Uh, Chris talks frequently of how you're not at the helm while sleeping, but are you as susceptible to anything paranormal while lucid dreaming? So actually lucid dreaming is, is, is very close to astral projection. Mm-hmm. Um, it is uh, being in, and the, the helm that I speak of when I talk about that is the physical, not being at the helm of your physical self. Um, and so lucid dreaming is akin to astral projection. And yeah, I think that you, the, the luck that you have is you still have like maybe a foot in the conscious world that will help protect you if something is going on physically in, in, in you know, because I, I find that lucid dreamers are also light sleeping. It's, 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 uh, it's easy to be pulled out of lucid dreaming because you're, you're closer to the conscious level. But it is... Uh, it does make you attractive, I think, because what you're doing is you're actively exploring the subconscious world, and that does seem to suggest that your attention is in a subconscious, possibly alternate plane, um, but th- those are so hard to typify. Uh, everything I say is, is kind of like uh, theories. You know, it's, it's like this is how it, it looks and appears. Um, so I would say, yes, absolutely. But I do know that these are loose interpretations of observation. It's not, I don't have a book that, that, that will uh, verify these facts. Yeah. Well, and I feel like everybody's lucid dreaming is um, different. So, but one thing that makes me weary about lucid dreaming is that one because you are more susceptible to paranormal activity with a less um, heightened ability to fight back against it but the other thing is is that it feels almost like it's a place where we're not supposed to be there was a um a trend that went on tiktok i don't know if this popped up on your for you page uh chris but there is this person who was like next time you have a, a lucid dream ask somebody in your dream what uh, what day and what time it is oh no don't yeah, do that. <laughs> and I literally was like, uh, uh, no, no, because that's just that's tapping into something that's just not in our realm that we're not supposed we're not supposed to know that sort of stuff. Um, but this girl did it, and she talked about her experience, and it was kind of frightening because she had a lucid dream and she was in this diner, and she asked the waitress, she was like, what day and what time it, is it? And the waitress in her dream like snapped out of this character and was like you're one of those and she's like you're not supposed to talk about that here you're not supposed to ask those those questions and she was like okay that's weird and then she goes and asks another person and everybody in this diner just got up and started staring at her at the same time because they're like you're not supposed to know these things you need to leave like you can't come back here Hmm. because you're not supposed to know this type of stuff you can't ask questions uh, because I think the point of lucid dreaming is supposed to allow people to learn things in a deeper way. But when you go too far into being fully aware of where you are and a- able to ask questions and control what you're saying, 
that's where it gets dangerous. And it felt like those were the spirits and or the elements of her mind that were like, you're now in danger. Right, yeah, absolutely. exactly. That were like, you need to stop now. You need to go right. back. Like You walked right up to the gate because it, it, it's, it's a very peculiar thing. Um, because, you know, they say things like, you know, in the dream world, you're not supposed to be able to read. Like, if you look at a book, mm-hmm. you're not supposed to be able to read. You're not supposed to be able to do these things. And a lot of that has to do with anchors, uh, the anchors of the subconscious and the anchors of the, the dreamland, we'll call it, uh, are that you can't connect. Because if you were to connect, you may never wake up. You know, if you were to, if you were to stay there, you would assume the life that you're living was in that realm and not this one. Mm. And so, and I, because I, that's the, 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 the type of story that I've heard many times, and it, it plays out in a lot of different uh, folklore, because there's a lot of folklore about people who sleep for Rip Van Winkle and Yuri Mataro and all these stories where in the dream world, you're dealing with, for, for no other word, the Fae, and if you are in their realm and they recognize you, you're, you're trapped. <laughs> you don't get out. Uh, and that results in lengthy sleeps, mm-hmm. you know, the 100-year sleep, the 20-year sleep, uh, where you're living out a life, you know, uh, enslaved or otherwise. So, yeah, it, it's, it's tricky because we have so many examples of why that's a bad idea without real knowledge. We have like stories that seem to suggest that if you were to access a way to stay in the sleeping, dreaming world, you would never come back to the waking world. You would never live out your mm-hmm. life. So yeah, uh, be wary, yeah. I guess, is, 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 yeah. is, 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 the, is the, the answer to that. Yeah, I mean, if you naturally have lucid dreams or whatever, that's definitely an ability for you. Uh, but I don't like when people actively say, like, I'm going to try to lucid dream or, like, this is how you lucid dream. I'm like, that feels like uh, we're stepping into something that we're not supposed to unless it comes naturally to you. Because you're, uh, the people who it comes natural to, it feels like they are well equipped in whatever it is, the reason why they're able to right. lucid dream that it's safer. Right. So just my opinion, though, on lucid yeah. dreaming. <laughs> so, um, but thank you guys for sending in some really great questions. Yeah. You always do. Um, you always come through with the very interesting, very intricate questions. Uh, but if you do want to answer or ask a question that you want to hear us answer during a Q&A session, utilize the TikTok feature on our TikTok called Haunted City Podcast. Um, and then also make sure to follow us on our new Instagram, the most haunted city on earth. If you want to become a para junkie, you can find us over on para, uh, or Patreon. And then of course, if you would like to get some merch, we do have that on hauntedcitypodcast.com. Uh, but with that, y'all, thank you so much again for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. My name is Madison Timmons. I'm Chris Susie. And stay spooky, y'all. And JT's over there. And JT is over there. <laughs>